Hey baddies, welcome to Bad Witch Podcast, the podcast where we are going to get our witch shit together one spell at a time, even though I know it seems impossible <laughs> because we just entered Mercury in retrograde, but you know what? I'm going to go officially on record and say, I was just thinking like if I put this on record, then if it doesn't work out this way, <laughs> everyone can be like, Vicky, you are so wrong. <laughs> but I'm going to say officially, I think this is going to be one of the good ones. I really do. I, I feel it overall just with my attitude. And I feel it intuitively. I think this is going to be one that presents a lot of opportunity, a lot of positive change that doesn't have to be like the heavy, traumatic, soul-crushing change, but just us naturally shedding and transforming into these better versions of ourselves and into these better witches. And I mean, we'll still be bad witches at heart. Don't worry. (laughs) But you know, these better versions and practicing at a higher level and vibrating at a higher level, I think it's going to bring a lot of like love and success and honesty and just goodness. I'm feeling really good about it. I don't know if that's just me with like wishful thinking or if it's just me telling myself, okay, if I wish it, it will happen. If I have this positive mindset going into it, then it will all be positive because we know, I mean, I think at this point, especially with this podcast, we all try to approach it with a lot of positivity now. Because we we're thinking if we set this intention and we are positive, then our outcome will be even more positive. It'll be even stronger than what we put in, right? Um, so maybe it is wishful thinking. <laughs> maybe it is cautious optimism. But I do, I feel like it's going to be a really good one. Cut to next week when I'm like, let me tell you what happened, Betty. <laughs> it's been a nightmare situation. No, it's going to be good. Um, yeah, I really, I feel like it is. It hasn't proven to me yet that it will be. I'm really going off of intuition. But yeah, I think it's I think it is going to be a good one. Hear me out. If you've already had a bit of bit of a rough go as we've gotten into the past two days, I'm sorry. I am here for you. We're all here for you. Um I was even thinking maybe I'll make a Mercury and retrograde thread where we can just vent and ask for extra support. I I really liked the one that we did um after my dad had, was it after he was out of the hospital? Or maybe when he, I can't remember y'all. It's been such a whirlwind. <laughs> it's like 2020 has been out of control. But I really liked the one that we did where we just said what we were thankful for and what we needed help with. If there was like extra witchiness, any of you could spare for each other or any of us could spare for each other. So I think maybe we should do that kind of as a weekly thing where we can put up one thread and you can rant and bitch and moan if you need to, witch and moan (laughs) if you need to. And you can ask for help and support and advice if you need to. And you can celebrate success and happy moments if that's what you want to do. Or, you know, you should do it. Always, you know, be thankful and grateful and celebrate. I, I think that's what we lack a lot is like going on a tangent, obviously. But I think we get really caught and bogged down in the bad stuff. And we never, well, not never, but we're even kind of socialized to not celebrate and be happy about the good stuff as much as we like dwell down in the bad stuff. So yeah, I want all of us to do that more. And I loved about that thread that we were like able and allowing ourselves to celebrate things that weren't huge monumental things. It was just like, Hey, I had a really good grilled cheese sandwich today. And you know, hallelujah for that. (laughs) But yeah, I was thinking maybe we could do that. We could have just a weekly thread, maybe put it up on Wednesday because that's when the episodes come out. And we can, you know, theme it to what's going on currently. So we can theme this one towards, 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 what is that word? Towards Mercury and retrograde. And if you want to just let it out, because this one has been, you know, sticking you with like a push pin and just needling away at you and you're so aggravated and annoyed, then I say like, let it out, you know, put it in the book, as we would say. So yeah, I think I'm going to start that on Wednesday or, um, you know, whoever hears this and wants to start it go for it. You know, it's totally fine with me. And I think that would be something cool we could do every Wednesday from now on. And we can kind of stick on theme with what's going on cosmically or in our witch worlds. Or we can just, and if there's nothing, I mean, there's always, there's always something going on. But if for some reason we find ourselves in a week without some major event happening, we can just put one up and we can make it about whatever. I just want I love the Facebook group so much. And by the way, the answer to get in is the craft. Uh, let me say that early <laughs> because 
<laughs> I know sometimes I put it at the end of a two hour episode and people are like, girl, I'm not listening anymore. I don't know what you're talking about. I gotta go to sleep. I gotta go to work. This is too much. So the answer is the craft. If you want to join us all, we're almost at a thousand members and I've been trying to think of something I can do when we hit a thousand. I don't know, like maybe a giveaway or something. Help me come up with something. I'm going to do something really special. Anyway, I love the Facebook group so much because it has become such a space where no, well, I don't want to say no one, but people that feel free to post and are ready to post in there, they go all out. Like there's no topic that people are afraid to broach or to ask for advice on. And I love that so much. So maybe we have this thread. It'll draw out even more people that are what you first time? Oh gosh, what is it? Why well, I'm always trying to remember phrases on here and I can never get them. Um, long time listener, first time writer. I I don't know. You know what I'm trying to say. Y'all are like screaming it at me right now. But yeah, I wanted to draw out even more people that maybe will feel more comfortable if everyone is talking about this one thing, or if everyone is ranting, or if everyone's saying something positive. You know, it's it's a safer space to like dip your toe in and be like, hi, I'm a little witch that has something to say. But let me say it with when everyone else is around as opposed to being like, let me make this post. Because <laughs> I know sometimes even in other groups, not even like witch related, I will be like, what if I post and no one responds to me? That's awkward. Or what if I post and people are like, girl, that's dumb. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? Because I will say bad witch. I mean, brag, brag, brag. It is, it is our group. So I think it's the best. But I really do think it's the most positive and best most wonderful, wonderful people, wonderful witches place on the internet. There is not a bad vibe, a bad attitude, a bad personality that I have seen so far. And, you know, sometimes when you go back into other groups on social media, you're kind of like, oh, right. Um, this is how other people act on the internet. I'm going to just, I'm going to just head back over to bad witch, but like best of luck with all of I'm going to send you some spells and some prayers because this is too much. So I love that space so much. I, I love our space so much. And so, yes, please, if you've been waiting to hear what the answer is, the answer is the craft. I will also accept flubber or blubber. Um, I will also accept anything that lets me know that you listen to the podcast. Uh, I just would ask you don't bring up Bill Skarsgård because those are some of the answers. And while I do love the attention to detail, it was a very painful breakup for me. So... You know, anything with that. If you say Bill, I'll still let you in the group. But um, I, I'm still I'm still working through that one. It's it, it was a lot for me. I lost two Swedish boyfriends in one year, so it was a lot. Anyway, speaking of losing boyfriends, let's talk about Mercury and Retrograde just a tiny bit because it's been almost an entire year, if not like an entire year to the day that I did the Mercury and Retrograde episodes. Obviously, we've had so much content since then, so many lessons and so much homework and so many crystals. So I think a little refresher would be good. I know this is going to go very against my brand, <laughs> what I'm about to say. I know that my brand is very much dump him. Hear me out though. During Mercury and Retrograde, during these three weeks and these little dabbles of shadow periods on either end, it is not the time to make a rash decision about your relationship. Unless there is something serious going on where you absolutely should get yourself out there. If there is any kind of abuse, and I don't just mean physical, um, like if there's emotional abuse, if there's gaslighting, if there is a lack of support, if there's financial abuse, anything like that, you get the hell out of there and you come to us and you tell us how we can help you. But if your boyfriend or your girlfriend or your husband, wife, spouse, spouse, that's the same thing, um, fiance, partner, however you identify the person you're with, or they identify your relationship. Um, if they're clipping their toenails a little too loud, don't throw them out of the house. <laughs> if they, uh, went to go out and they got themselves a Taco Bell, but they didn't bring you any and call if you wanted anything, don't end the relationship right there. Hear me out <laughs> because communication is haywire because Mercury rules our communication and Mercury is appearing to turn backwards. So everything that comes out of our mouths is coming out backwards and topsy-turvy. It's just a time where we are so much more likely to be set off by things that normally we'd be like, oh, it's fine. Now listen, if you go get food and you didn't bring me any food, I probably will still be like, I should break up with him. I'm not even that happy. <laughs> but if it really is something that wouldn't bother you outside of this more tense, just topsy-turvy time, then, you know, 
let it simmer for three weeks and then reevaluate it at the end of this. Because my number one thing every time Mercury would get here, whenever I have been in a relationship is I'm going to break up with you. And it would be, it would be for nothing. <laughs> Literally. I mean, I can't really remember because Patrick and I have been broken up for almost for almost a year now. So I can't remember specific things it would be because that's how minuscule his offense would be. That's how ridiculous it was. But I was just like, you know what? I'm just gonna break up with him. I've had enough of this. So <laughs> again, during Mercury Retrograde, and I find that a lot. I find that it wasn't just me having this reaction to it. And this one's in Pisces, which is a whole thing. So we're all emotional, right? And we're all just the water signs. And you know, that's, that's my gig. They make us not the most rational. I'm walking my truth about that. <laughs> and so I would see this going, but I would see this going around. It wouldn't just be me. A lot of people would be like, I'm just so fed up with my relationship. Like, I just want to end it. Or he's just, or she's just, or they're just getting on my nerves so much. Like, I'm so tired of this. I just want to be single. And it, I find during this period, it can be a lot of overreaction. And again, not to things that are, are serious issues that should be left behind and should not be tolerated and you should not have to endure. It's a lot of overreaction to things that don't really matter if that's the person you love and want to be with. So just take a chill pill if you feel like I, I that's it, that's it. I, I can't take it one more second. You uh, write with your pen too loudly. You have been clicking on that phone too loudly. <laughs> I can't take one more sound. Give it some time. Let, let us get out of this more like tense, heightened emotional state that we're in. Let us communicate clearly with each other and see if maybe like, hey, babe, could you um, just call me next time and see if I'd like anything, especially because it's something I always do for you. And they're like, oh, my God, I didn't even think about it. Of course, I'll do that for you. You know, let's talk it out. Let's work through our communication issues that really may be highlighted in this. Real I was about to say topsy-turvy for the third time. Apparently, that is the word of the episode. <laughs> Should I change the Facebook answer to topsy-turvy since I have clung to this for some reason? Oh my goodness. But yeah, let's work through our communication issues. This is a time to become even better at communicating with others, especially with people that you have close relationships with. It doesn't just have to be romantic, of course, but your friends and your family, you know, it's the same thing. I know, I know I love a dump him again, but even with your friendships, people really are going to get on your nerves and they're going to aggravate you during Mercury and retrograde because communication is like one of the number one sources of issues in relationships, no matter what kind of relationship it is. So, you know, maybe don't cut that friend off yet. Maybe don't cut that family member off yet. I would say make note of the behaviors that are bothering you in this period. And if it's something that persists after this and it's bothering you at the same level and you really feel like it's something you need to do without for yourself, then release it after that. I'm just saying don't jump to a rash decision until March 11th. Does it end on the 10th? I think it does. I think it ends like right after my birthday. So, I mean, overall dump him, of course, but don't dump him yet. Let's just see how you feel about everything first. No rash decisions. Um, you know, something else I like to highlight about Mercury in retrograde is that we can't stop living our lives because of it. You know, we're still going to have to go on job interviews. We're still going to have to sign contracts and documents. We're still going to have to sign leases and buy cars and move into houses and apartments. We're still going to travel. It doesn't. So I'm taking, because I learned nothing from last year <laughs> when I had the worst experience with Mercury probably ever. I'm still going over to um, Portugal in like two weeks for my birthday. And I'm not going to let Mercury stop me. What am I going to do? My birthday is March 8th. I can't, I mean, I could not go, but I don't want to. <laughs> I want to still go. I want to still live my life. We can't, you know, cut out nine weeks total and then let's add on, you know, two weeks for each. So why did I set myself up to do math? We can't take out 15, no, 15 weeks. <laughs> yeah, because nine's an odd number, 15's an odd number. You're like, no, Mickey, it's still not 15. But let's just say we can't take out 15 weeks of our life to like sit at home and close the blinds and put a hoodie over our head and like a big blanket and be like, you know, I'm just going to hang out here and I'm not going to do anything until this is over. No, it's not realistic. It's not reasonable. But... When you do have to travel, double check the times of your flights, double check the time of your plane, make sure that your hotel reservation is confirmed, make sure that you put in the name, make sure you have your passport, make sure you have packed all your medication, make sure you get to the airport about three hours earlier 
<laughs> menu plans, you know, make sure that nothing's going on with your rental car, whatever it may be. It is just the time to be as meticulous as possible because you're going to save yourself such a headache when Mercury is like, uh, 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 girl, I knew you thought you were going to do this and it's going to be great and flawless, but I have a little thing I'm going to throw into the system to mess you up just a little bit or a lot of it, depending on, depending on what Mercury is dishing out for us this time. So double check, triple check everything. Same with anything you might have to sign. You know, I feel bad when people like are like, we've been waiting for this house and we finally got approved for it and we have to sign our contract right now. And it's our dream house, but like Mercury's in retrograde. Please don't let Mercury, you know, because I think overall, all of the planets and the stars, they love us. The moon loves us, even though she kicks us in the ass all the time. <laughs> She's our mom, you know, she's going to give us hard times and good times, but she loves us. They all love us overall. So I don't think Mercury owes us any, or not owes us, as um, purposely trying to do us any harm. It's more just like tough love. Let's see how you handle this. And let's see if you will have growth for this. I really do think overall this period is about growing and sometimes growth just is painful and annoying as hell. So yeah, I hate when people are like, we're getting our dream home, but we have to do all this right now. And I'm really nervous about it because it really kind of like puts a damper on their experience. And getting your dream home is so amazing. That's so monumental. You know, that's something I wish for myself in the near future. Mercury. Do you hear me? Don't, don't mess this up. <laughs> but yeah, you're still, you still get to have this wonderful experience. You're getting your dream job. You're moving to a new city and you found the most amazing apartment for yourself. You're, you know, getting signed up to take on a role that you've wanted forever. And it's this contract period. So you have to sign these documents, whatever it may be, just be meticulous. Don't let Mercury like steal you of your joy and don't let the fear of what could possibly go wrong in this period steal you of your joy. That's why the positive mindset is as po as important as it is. Now look, of course, we can be as positive possible. Why am I saying positive so much? I'm not doing well with that word. We can be as positive as possible, but things still happen. Um, but you know, I, I just don't want anyone to be like, I was so excited about this thing, but it's falling during Mercury and now I'm really nervous about it. Just be meticulous read it, then read it one more time. And you know, read it a third time. <laughs> See how you feel about it after that. Have another set of eyes on it, whatever it may be. Mercury only goes retrograde three times a year for three weeks each, nine weeks, plus our add-on, 15 weeks still, I think. And we can survive that. And we have the tools to survive it. I wouldn't worry about it so much. And we're going to get through this together. We're going to make our thread we're going to encourage each other. We're going to rant at each other. We're going to support each other. And you know what? It's going to be three weeks like that. <laughs> I really like that sound. It's going to be three weeks like that. And we'll be onto something beautiful and brilliant once it's done. So meticulous. Be meticulous. Don't be rash about things. Take your time. You are entitled to take your time. But with the understanding that things have to be done within this three-week period, and so you can give yourself absolute permission to still go through with living your life because that's what we have to do. So let's put up our thread this Wednesday. Whoever hears this first, I sleep late. Y'all know that. So whoever hears this first and wants to start it, go for it. Um, just call it the Mercury Retrograde Rant Thread. And oh, also if you have personal survival tips that you really work with, because I know that was just like me talking about a few things in the Mercury Retrograde episodes. I'm sure over an hour long because I never stopped talking. Um, then please put those in there as well because... You know, it's not all witchcraft according to Mickey. I Y'all know things I definitely don't know. So I'd love to see what you have. And we would all benefit from everyone sharing too. So whatever you do to get yourself through this period, I want to hear about it. Please share it. I would love that so much. Oh, and let me remind all of you. So because we have switched over to Anchor, I can now take voice notes for the podcast. So if you want to call... Oh, I have to get a number, don't I? Okay, someone remind me. <laughs> number. Wait, do I have to get a number or... Can it be like, I'm going to look into it. I will have an answer for you uh, after this episode. So I'm like, oh, no one sent any voice notes yet. And then I was like, oh, I, I'm just realizing right now. I was like, I think I told them I have to get a phone number, which might not even be true. You may be able to just like send me voice notes from your phone uh, to like Facebook Messenger or to my email. So uh, I'm going to look at that as soon as I'm done recording. But I would love to start including your voice notes in episodes. So if you have, you know, one of your witch kid stories, or if you've had like a really big win this week, or if you have, you know, just something cool that's going on with your craft, you'd like to share with the group, a discovery you've made, a new spell that's working really well for you. I would love to start including y'all more in this podcast and, you know, um, guest, 
if you are interested in being a guest, please send me a pitch, which I know sounds very madman, but uh, just something where it's like, this is the topic I want to talk about. These are the things I would be able to bring to talk about it. And, um, you know, kind of just whatever information you have about the topic that you feel like would be pertinent to the group. I, it doesn't have to be like a formal, like, <laughs> like you have to go and make a pitch in a media kit for me to look at it, but just, you know, flesh it out as much as possible. So I will know how I can work myself into what your expertise is. Cause of course there's things out there that y'all know way more about than I do and vice versa. And that's why we are such a great community. And I mean, can I just stop gushing about how much I love the Facebook group and how much I love all of you? No, I can't. I never will because it's so true. Um, speaking of things that I have no expertise on <laughs> today's topic. So I know I mentioned it a bit last week. <clears throat> I'm trying to think of the best way to talk about this. So I, I think I said what we're going to be doing is something we're going to be learning together. Here's what it is. We are going to be talking about palmistry because I really want to learn how to read palms. It is not something that is uh, like hereditary in my family. It's not something I have a natural inclination towards. It's not something that I have been taught to do. So I'm really learning it currently. And so we are going to learn it together. This is going to be like palmistry 101. It's going to be at least the next two episodes, if not three, because I did that thing that I have famously done multiple times on this episode, like when I wanted to talk about Salem and when I did the Medusa episode last week, and when I wanted to talk about all the elements where I was like, oh, I can put this in one episode. Like, this is a thing I can break down, you know, like boom, 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 we'll be able to do it. And then the more I got into it and the more I read and researched, I was like, oh, this is extremely complex, obviously. And so we can't just do everything all in one. This deserves a breadth of episodes. So it'll definitely be the next two, depending on how much we get done in all of those. It may be the next three, um, except I think, <coughs> wow. <laughs> wow. Okay. Bye. Um, I, we, we don't have that much time left in, um, in February in black witchery month. So I definitely, we have to do Marie um, Laveau before this month is over. So oh, let me actually pull up my calendar real quick and see. Oh, shoot. It's the 18th. Okay. <laughs> so we'll start this episode today. We'll do Marie Laveau on the 26th since that, that is our last day in February. And then we will pick up with the rest of this series after that. You know, I'm, I'm kind of like... Huh. I like to do series all together. It feels weird to me to kind of break them up, but hey, you can listen to them in whatever order you want to after it's all done. And if you're new to the podcast after this, so it'll be fine. It's not something for me to really freak out about. So this will definitely be more than one episode because it's going to turn into a series, but we will 100% be doing Marie Laveau for the 26th because we got to get her in before the month is over. So yeah, we're starting with our palms today. <laughs> I was about to tell you what the name is. I'm sure you've probably figured it out because you know my sense of humor by now, but uh, you'll just see it when I post the episode. It makes me giggle every time I think about it. I came up with the name like three months ago, <laughs> so I've just been trying to find the right time to do this episode. So we're going to start today and talk about um, the different hand shapes because y'all, I literally was like, oh, palmistry. Okay. We got headline. We got heartline. We got lifeline. We got the fate line. All right, I'm good to go. <laughs> no, we have to talk about hand shapes. We have to talk about the lines and what they all mean. We have to talk about mounts. We have to talk about signs and symbols that are in the hands. I, I had no, I was such a novice. I had no idea what I was getting myself into. And I love it. It's so interesting to learn about. And then I was like, should I start with like the history of palmistry? <laughs> should I go back to like the early Eurasian origins of this and talk about how it's present in like Hinduism and then it went down through like the ancient Greeks and then there is a revival in the Victorian era. Like should we do a whole episode just on that? But I've given you a lot of witch to read lately and I think we should start with just like the practical application and getting ourselves into this new skill. Now, if you already have this skill, 
this is a part where if you want to come on an episode or if you want to submit voice notes or if you want to submit something you want me to read, this would be so amazing because it is so much of an inherited skill and it's so much something that runs through family lines, just like, huh, the lines in our hands. And so there are people out there, obviously, as I'm, te I'm learning this right now, that are going to be so versed in it and be able to talk about it in a way that isn't just like, wow, this is something I've always really wanted to learn about and I'm so intrigued by all of it. But from a sense of like, this is something that's natural to me. And this is how I do my readings. And this is what feels good about them to me. And this is how, you know, all these individual things that I won't be able to give you. So if it's something that you are an expert out there about, if it's something that's been in your family since the prehistoric times, I don't know how far back you can trace your families. If it's something that you even picked up from, you know, past life familial lines or a past life skill that's carried over into this life, I would love, 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 love to hear about it. So that is where we're going today. We're doing our palmistry 101. We're going to talk about the elements and the hand shapes today, the different, the different types of hand shapes. And um, I think that'll give us a full episode and then we'll go into the lines and the mounts next week. Nope. Marie Laveau next week. Then we'll go into the lines and mounts after that. So Patreon shout outs. Let's do them. And then we're going to move into our topic. So we've had four new people sign up in just the past week. At, oh, okay. So y'all don't know this, but when I, do, when I do the Patreon part of the podcast, I do like a little dance when I'm reading the names because it just makes me so happy and it means so much to me. I don't know. It just gets me so excited. And this is the first time I've had this many signups in one week. So that was so awesome. So we're at 46 now. We are only four away from 50, which is another milestone. So when I get to 50 on Patreon, for the Patreon baddies, we're going to do something really cool there too. Um, I have to come up with it like I have to do for the Facebook group. But don't worry, we're going to do something awesome there because it's just so cool. So thank you so much to the new people that signed up this week. Lauren, Yana, let me know if I'm pronouncing that right. Fiona, love that name. And John. And then to our returning Patreon baddies, we have Maria, Crystal, Maya, Jamie, Kala, Aurora, Cassandra, Adam, Bren, Kara, Kelly, Ashley, H, Emily, Nalling, Melissa, Heidi, Brittany, Lena, Jennifer, Ashley P, Ashley S, Melissa, Brandy, Tabby, Teresa, Kim, Sarah, Sam, Teresa, should I... Yeah, Teresa M, Teresa S, I'll do that too. Um, Vanessa, Sasha, Celine, Brett, Megan, Elizabeth, Amber, Carla, Aaron, Shannon, Bree, Adrian, and Amanda. Ah, that's so exciting, y'all. Thank you so much to the new people who signed up. Thank you so much to the returning people, even if it's just been a month, if it's been 12 months, because I think I started Patreon around this time too. I'm not sure. I'm not great on dates, as y'all know, but thank you so much. Thank you to all the people that have been buying merch because Lord knows I haven't put, or goddess knows I haven't put up any new merch in a hot minute. I have designs. I have them in mind. I just have to like make my, I mean, listen, I know I'll, I'll start to be like, I, I've been so busy that y'all know what I've been dealing with. Y'all know I've been busy and y'all couldn't be more gracious about it. So I don't know why I feel like I have to make it up to or explain to you. I know you all understand. So thank you for your grace with that. And thank you for being so understanding and you know, for all of that love and support, of course, but there is new merch coming fear not. And also whoever bought the bad witch blanket, can you post a picture of it? Because I haven't seen it in person and I am dying to see what it looks like. That's so cool. So yeah, thank you so much for the new merch purchases, new merch purchases. There will be new, new merch soon. All right. All that being said, let's get into our topic. So palmistry, I have never heard that word said out loud before. So if I'm saying it incorrectly, let me know. Let me know gently, please. But I, you know, say things like I read them. So I've always called it palmistry. Um, if you have heard, I think it's the love episodes. I talked about what a scammer I was in fifth grade and how I pretended I could read palms to tell people who their soulmate was because the guy that I had a crush on, gosh, which guy was it? I was a little boy crazy. So I don't know if it was John or Eric or Andrew <laughs> at the time, but I, it might have been Andrew because, uh, sorry for saying your full name out, but his name was Andrew Wilson. And I did this thing where if you look at my palms, I'll post pictures too. It looks like I have a definite A and a definite W in my hand if you were to flip one upside down. And so I was like, yeah, A-W, that's it. Like, that's all it is. Hi, any of my friends, my real, you know, like people I grew up with friends, if you're listening to this, I just added myself for having a crush on Andrew Wilson. Don't drag me. He, he was really cute. Don't drag me. Um, yeah. So I was a scammer in fifth grade and I said I could read people's palms, tell them who their boyfriend or girlfriend should be, whatever. And really 
that was my first interest in palm reading, I think, because I really, it was a skill that I really did wish I had, even as like this little baby witch being like, oh, that's so cool. I wish I could do that. And then, then having the confidence in my witchcraft, that I wasn't even aware that was burgeoning at that point to be like, I could do this because I wasn't like, I wasn't running a scam to me. Now as a 32 year old, I'm like, girl, you're running a scam. But to me, I was like, yeah, I can totally read palms. Like I thought I was doing something real. <laughs> Uh, it turns out I, th probably the initials of your soulmate aren't in the palm of your hands, <laughs> but, but um, I really did think I was doing a real thing back then. So I had created my own idea of what palmistry is and palm reading is or fortune telling. And, you know, at some point we are going to have to talk about the fortune telling trope a little bit, but we'll save that for another episode, the crystal balls and the, all the like divination tools of it all and kind of how we'll get into it another point. But yeah, the, I, I really believed I was doing an actual palm reading. I didn't, I didn't know I was being fake. until <laughs> you know, I, I was older. I was like, Oh, girl, you were totally being fake. But obviously, I was drawn to it. And the interest was there. And so I am wondering for all of you, did you have something similar? I mean, I'm sure you weren't crazy like I was <laughs> trying to run this scheme. But did you ever really have an interest in what the lines in your palm were? Did you look at other people's palms? As a witch kid, were you trying to do readings for your friends, even though you didn't have an understanding of what to look for or what all of it actually means? Or, you know, kind of the, what's the right word? Um, I want to say scholastic, but I don't think that's right. Like following, following the, the actual, meanings of the lines and the symbols and the mounts that you saw, you know, from, from a study that I think that's what I'm trying to say from like a studied perspective and not just a intuitive perspective. Did y'all do that too? I'm always so interested when I tell these witch kid stories that, you know, just kind of come back to me, whatever I'm thinking about the podcast or, you know, doing whatever. If you've had similar experiences, because a hundred percent of the time so far, yeah, we've all been doing the same wacky witch kid things and not knowing exactly what we were doing or where it stemmed from, but we were drawn to it and we were working it out even as little babies. So yeah, I would love to hear your stories. Um, if you were really into palms, if you had something, some kind of scheme you were running too, please let me know. <laughs> but palmistry, also known as chiromancy, C-H-I-R-O-M-A-N-C-E, or also spelled chiromancy, C H E. I-R-O-M-A-N-C-Y from the Greek here, which means hand, and mantia, which means divination. So, I mean, I think that makes perfect sense. As I mentioned before, it is an ancient practice. It has roots in um, Hindu astrology, in Chinese divination. It's like an ancient practice in like Roma fortune telling. It has been around forever. <laughs> so long. Uh, and then it comes down kind of into the time of ancient Greece. And we have accounts of Alexander the Great being a fan of it and being really intrigued and interested in this practice and having uh, his the hands of his officers examined <laughs> to see what they could read from them. And then it comes down into the Victorian era where era, era, era not error, where we do see this think this is the same time period where we see this real interest in spiritualism and people are starting to get more into divination and fortune telling and ghost stories. And, um, uh, I was going to say Ouija boards, but I don't think they were around them, but spirit boards and crystal balls, all of those things. You know how, when you look in a history book or if you watch uh, a special about that time period and about spiritualism, everyone was just having seances all the time. It's like, all right, we don't have like television. We don't have internet. We don't have Wi-Fi. We don't have TikTok, whatever. I don't even know what that is. Uh, we don't have social media. The sun's down. All we have in this house is candles. What are we going to do? Seance. Got it. So it's that period. And honestly, I should probably do an episode of spiritualism because I think it's really interesting. It taps into that nature in all of us, whether you're a witch or not, where you are drawn to these truths about the universe and the natural world around us and about magic and how it exists, whether we are practicing in it or not, whether we believe in it or not. It's something that goes on without, without us. Like we don't power it, it powers us. But it's also really interesting because it was a time that was right for scammers. <laughs> and as a palmistry scammer myself, I would have fit right in. But it's just really interesting 
learning about how people would fake seances, how they would fake the spirit board, how they would, you know, just be like, oh, I've come back from this mystical retreat in this far off exotic place and I've set up shop here and come look into my crystal ball, tell your future. And, you know, we see the, the use of like cold reading in those situations. So it, it is a really interesting time period. But told you this wasn't going to be a history episode. So let's get away from that. But in this time period, we have William John Warner, who was known as Kiero. And uh, he set up a really successful palmistry practice in London, where he had a very uh, legendary clientele, including people like your Mark Twain's, your Oscar Wilde's, your Sarah Bernhardt's. I mean, this wasn't like hacky stuff. It's not like how people, some people to this day still like to really scoff at serial spiritual pursuits and at the idea of witches and at the idea of magic. I mean, he had a legitimate clientele of people that were revered and respected, not just in their time period. Well, Oscar Wilde went through a lot, um, but not just in their time period. But these are people that we consider icons and legends of their arenas that they worked in. And I want to point that out because sometimes I think palmistry and crystal ball reading and that kind of psychic, you know, quote unquote, does come off as the hackiest types of magical practice and witchcraft and spiritualism or spirituality. But I, I think it's really legitimate. And that's why I wanted to explore it more. And that's why I wanted to teach myself as much as possible. Because I do believe our hands and our lines and our physicality has so much to tell us. So I know sometimes it's really easy to see that idea of like, the old older lady with like the turban on and kind of dripping in these obvious costume jewels and the heavy makeup and you know because kind of this air of mystery and like wrapped in robes and the crystal ball with the smoke coming out from underneath it and like give me your hand I'll tell your fortune <clears throat> you know for a gold shilling or whatever I know that that has an image that has become uh kind of costumey and kind of I don't know the right word, but you know what I mean? Even now, like in my, my hometown, there is a like psychic palm reader that is just in, like in the middle of a neighborhood with this big sign. And I mean, it looks like it could also be a tax office or it looks like it could also be, uh, you know, just any kind of run of the mill business. And I do think there are people that like in the time of spiritualism do exploit people's interest in it, but I do think it is also a legitimate gift that people have. And I think it's even more important of a legitimate gift because it is something that is so passed down and such an inherent gift that people have. So that's why I really wanted to explore it. So I don't, I think everyone that listens to this podcast is really open-minded and would never approach talking about palmistry or using crystal balls as something that is, again, to use the word hacky, <laughs> hacky and topsy-turvy are words for the episode. Um, but yeah, I wouldn't talk about it if I didn't believe in it. And I really do believe in it. And so that's why I wanted to learn. And that's why I wanted to share with all of you. And we could all do it together and analyze each other's palms and have a good old time. So today we're going to start with hand shapes, which I didn't know was a thing. Because again, as a total novice, I thought it was just about reading the lines in your hands. I know we also have that episode about the signs in your hands, like the witch's signs. So I... I did know that the symbols in your hands and the different shapes and lines, not and not just like the main uh, head, heart, life, am I saying those right? Uh, signs mean something as well. But I guess I just never put it all together that there was so much more. There's hand shapes, there's uh, the finger shapes, there's the nail beds, there's what each finger is called something different. The thumb is its own entity. There's the symbols and shapes you can see in your hand. There's the lines, there's how they interact. It's just... So interesting. And I can't like say that word enough, how it all comes together to give you this full reading. You know, it's like trying to do an oracle reading or a tarot reading and only pulling out one card. No, babe. Like that'll work for a quick little thing here and there to give you a little bit of guidance that you may be seeking, but we have to be thorough about this. So we're gonna start with the hand shapes today. And um, so for these palmistry episodes, it is going to be more of me reading since it is a skill that I'm acquiring at the same time you are pretty much. But don't worry, I will be, of course, interjecting. <laughs> so the resource I'm using for what we're going to talk about today is TimelessSpirit.com. And I'm going to talk about the elemental hand. So the air hand, the fire hand, the earth hand, the water hand. Uh, no particular order, all very important. But also in, on this page, they talk about the etheric, etheric hand and the combination hand. 
And this all comes from the teachings of Caro, who is the Victorian guy that I told you about with the celebrity clientele. So he has them categorized differently. Um, and there are seven, according to him. We're just going to talk about the ones that are listed on this page, which is six. <laughs> I'm doing so much math. I'm not even doing math. I'm counting, but still not doing great at it. Okay. So let's start with the air hands. Everyone put your hand. Well, no, if you're driving or at work, well, if you're driving, don't do it. Do this later. But if you're at work, you know, just kind of like slide it on your desk and take a look at it or go into the break room or like pop to the bathroom real quick and we can figure out which hands we have. So the air hands. Air hands are long and narrow, often elegant in appearance on either a man or woman. The hand itself is a dry hand, often with long fingernails and or long nail beds and a long palm as well. Being one of the most graceful shapes, air hands are often seen on hand models. Well, a lot of that. In palmistry, the person's mental energy is imagined as or, or wow, as originating at the wrist and traveling the length of the hand to the fingers where it is put into action and made manifest in the world. The long palm, therefore, indicates a mind which spends a great deal of time with its thoughts until they are released through the fingers and out into the world. Long fingers are also indicative of an active mind, perhaps to the point of restlessness. Quite often, air-handed people are self-studiers and pride themselves in being learned in many different aspects. Ideal bookkeepers, they have minds with the capacity to hold and manage lots of detailed bits of information, and they are often the ones who find themselves bored at tasks that are too easy or those who don't keep the mind active or challenged enough. Air allows little to no resistance. Air-handed people move very fast through life. They think fast, they talk fast, and they walk fast. Wow, is this a call out for me? <laughs> Yo, I do have really long fingers. I do have long hands because I'm very tall, but I think that that uh, talk fast was a call out. They, they're they usually the ones to whom everyone is saying slow down already. Of the five hand types, air hands are one, are one of the most likely to take an interest in and practice psychic phenomena. I'm feeling a little called out. Is anyone else feeling a little called out right now? That's the thing too. Like the more I've been studying this and... So, you know, you have to learn about the fingers and the fingers are all assigned to like, there's a Apollo finger, there is a Venus finger. You have to look at the mount, the mounts under the fingers, those like fleshy pads. You have to look at the lines and how they intersect and where they start and where they be, all this stuff. But the hand shape is what I was like, well, let me learn about, oh, and then the lines under your wrist are a whole thing, honey. But I was like, yeah, let me learn about the hand shape first because I feel like the hand is what houses all of these things. So it is the place that naturally to me, I would start. And in reading and reading and reading about this, I could not pinpoint which one I am. It's one of those things. <laughs> Hi, um, all my hy hypochondriacs out there, what's up? Do you, you know, when you like hear about a virus or a, a bug or whatever that's going around, and you're like, oh, I think I have that. I'm one of those people, like, I'm not, I don't obviously don't think I have coronavirus because it's, you know, barely in the US anyway. But it's one of those things where if I like hear like, oh, you know, the flu's really bad this year and these are the symptoms you need to be looking out for. I'm like, oh, I don't know. I do. I feel like a little hot right now. I don't know. I have been kind of tired. I have been kind of sluggish today. <laughs> like, I'll read something and be like, that's me. I, okay, this is a perfect example. Um, when I was in ninth grade, I had to do a paper on Marfan syndrome. And if you don't know a lot about Marfan syndrome, I'm certainly not an expert, but one of the physical characteristics of it is that you have very long limbs and like a typically like very tall. It affects like the, let me not start there. I can't remember. But one of the people that is suspected of being uh, someone that has Marfan syndrome is Abraham Lincoln because he was so long limbed. He was so incredibly tall. I have a friend personally who has it and she's like six foot two. And I mean, she's just gorge, but she just has like these, this long stretched out kind of body. When I was doing my paper on Marfan syndrome, I was like, Oh, I have this y'all. I'm, I'm five foot nine and I'm in no way like a long bean pole of a, a girl, you know, <laughs> it's like, but that's how my brain works. I, I read something and I'm like, Oh, I think I have that. That sounds, I, I think that's me. So if you have the same kind of brain, it can be hard to read this kind of stuff and you're trying to study it and figure out what you are because you do feel like you fit into each box a little bit. So when I'm reading the air and I'm like, oh, I feel a little called out. 
But then I was reading the water one and I was like, well, maybe my fingers are actually stubbier than I think. Like, you know, so take your time, really look at your hand, you know, do this when you have a second to take it all in because it, I have found that it's been hard to categorize myself with the hand shapes. All that being said to get to that point. All right. The fire hands. People with fire hands have expansive palms, wide and generous, sometimes boxing appearance as well as short fingers. Because of the shortness of fingers in conjunction with the wide palm, fire hands can look stubby. Quotes. That's why I said it like that. They have it in quotes. <laughs> if they are extremely stubby in appearance, it is often a sign of a very stubborn nature, especially when coupled with wide knuckles on the fingers. Their short palms indicate a mind that is sometimes hasty if it is fired up. It's hasty in its fired up state and how it approaches decision making. The beauty of fire-handed people is that they are the ones who conceive brilliant new ideas and convey tremendous fire and passion behind their beliefs, at least for a little while. <sighs> Again, feeling a little called out. This is the part where I was like, okay, so are my fingers stuck? Are they stubby? Are, what do my knuckles look like? Like, what, what are they trying to tell me? It's, it gets really kind of like confusing when you feel like it, it correlates to aspects of your personality and of your craft, you know? So... The downside of fire-handed people is that their passions are sometimes short-lived and they can have difficulty following through with things they begin, such as new projects or inventions. <sighs> yikes, yikes, yikes for another call-out. Uh, while the idea is burning inside, their passion will possess them and drive them into almost frenzied creative states of manic production, followed by rapid and often inexplicable cooling-off periods in which the idea may die if it is not nurtured or met with a cultivated sense of discipline. Just drag me, just drag me fire hands. Fire-handed people are ideal salesmen as they can talk just about anyone into just about anything and often so sweetly or politely that you'll find yourself grinning and nodding while jumping through their every hoop. Their persuasive nature coupled with their innate passions make them exciting speakers. They are often extremely charismatic, the center of everyone's attention. You know, you, you know, I, I feel like in my heart of hearts, I am a I am fires, a fire sign. I feel like I'm an Aries a lot of the time. Um, that's why I really feel like I'm more of a Scorpio than a Pisces, you know, crybaby as we all know. Um, but yeah, everything that they just described in that, I mean, that matches my personality a lot, even though I look like I have an air hand, but also the air part goes with my personality as well. <sighs> See what I mean? <laughs> it's like, it's going to take a lot of study. That's why we need multiple episodes of this. Okay, the water hands. This is the one that I thought I was going to be because I always just associate myself with all things water being triple water sign. So I was surprised when it isn't. It's just not. So, you know, it's that's why we got to really study this stuff. So the water hand. Water hands are long, much like air hands, but the quality of water hands is their immediate dampness or moistness apparent upon first touch. While it is true that some people occasionally have sweaty palms, this tendency goes beyond the phenomenon. <laughs> Beyond the phenomenon to be the person's regular state, their palms are often soft and rounded in appearance with high mounts showing an emotional softness and a natural state for charged emotional awareness. So the things that we still do associate with water signs in general, but the kind of wetness, the clamminess of the hands, not, I'm not saying those are bad things, um, but just that natural dampness is an essential part of having a water hands. They can sometimes have pink palm mounds and fingertips as well, and the shape of the hand looks like a heart and how the long fingers will taper together stemming from the rounded palm. The energy of the hand presents itself as soft and yielding like a current of water. Sorry, I just paused to look at my hands again because I'm still... <laughs> the thing is, my hands are always dry though, so that's why I, I had to be like, you're not water even though you think you're all things water at all times. These folks are highly emotional ones, the softies, quote unquote, uh, through and through, but often with a heart of gold and a supersized sense of compassion and how they read the world. They are often so wonderfully self-effacing. They will laugh when you call them a softy and not a complete acknowledgement. See, that can't be me because whenever someone points out what a absolute Pisces I am, I'm like, no, I'm not. You don't even know, mom. <laughs> However, like the water creature, the crustacean, they have... Ha they, if they have not learned to cultivate some sort of protective shell as part of their ego, water-handed people may find themselves feeling harshly abused by the cruelty of the real world, which often fails to live up to their idealistic expectations. Water-handed folk, 
folks, well, that's a hard word for me, are also greatly influenced by the currents in their lives, both positively and negatively. Their extremely emotional nature can lead to destructive or neurotic behaviors when not managed well. They can often have substance issues, especially when attempting to self-medicate their emotional states and emotional state, emotional state and or may battle with depression. Water-handed people are the ones you want for your very best friends. The ones you call when you feel terrible and just hearing your water friend's voice will make you feel better. Somehow, they always understand even when they don't say more than two words. They are often natural empaths. Hello. Hello, all of us out there. And as such, may find crowds situations uncomfortable to the point of psychic claustrophobia, which is something else I really relate to. I, I would love to hear from some of you that are more versed in this. Um, what, because like I said, I, at first I assumed I must have a water hand because I am so, so much water is present in my, my birth chart. But I do really wonder what the correlation is. Like, I made that assumption automatically, but turns out I'm not a water hand. So do my, I guess my two questions are for all of you. <laughs> Bye. This is my research, which is kind of your homework a little bit, is have do, after reading all of these, do you find that your hand correlates to your sun sign and or the signs that are most present in your birth chart? And if you are really well versed in this, more well versed than I am, obviously, because I'm a novice, um, have, do you find overall that there is more of a correlation between those signs and your hand shape? Let me know. Because like I said, I made this assumption and it was wrong. So I am very curious if it is common to have this sign and this hand go together, or if it really is just it's some, you know, it just, you were born this way and this is what your hand is like. And this is the sign you were born under. Does that make sense? I don't know if it, I don't know if like being born under a Pisces sun influenced me to have the look of a, a water hand, even though I don't have all the characteristics. Does that make sense? I hope so. Okay. The earth hand. <clears throat> Almost everyone, regardless of whether they study palmistry or not, recognize earth hands on other people. Let me try that again. <laughs> what I was reading. Almost everyone, regardless of whether they've studied palmistry or not, recognizes earth hands on other people. They're the people with bear paws. Their paws are large, expansive, wide, and long. Their fingers are generous and wide, either long, neither long nor short. Often they are very dry hands as well and may appear, even appear chapped. The wide palm shows a mind that is often reflective in nature and may evidence itself in a person who is quiet, although not necessarily shy. The energy, I keep thinking like this is a very grounded person because they know to be quiet and to observe and not just like have to interject themselves. The energy present itself, the inner, wow, okay, I've been, <laughs> I've been talking for too long and reading too long. The energy presents itself like that of a mountain, steady, reliable, and slow, or perhaps even resistant to change. These are the hands of the sensible, functional, get stuff done kind of people, earth-handed folks, gotta stop using that word on me, are good with their hands and often have careers and or hobbies that involve working with their hands. They may be expert woodworkers or make a living as a massage therapist, but they can, but they, but they each can attest to having hands that can think for themselves. They are not overly emotional people and may even pride themselves on that quality. In general terms, they are often the least likely to be interested or gifted in psychic phenomena. Don't let that distract you or get you down. If you have an earth hand, it doesn't mean you don't have a knack for this or an interest in it. Um, they often pride themselves in their down-to-earth, pragmatic, quote, no-nonsense approach to life as well. So, I mean, obviously we're seeing a correlation between the elements themselves and the characteristics of these hands that are characterized by the elements. You know, all the things we're reading in air make sense, all the things in fire make sense, all the things we're reading in water make sense, and all the things we're reading in earth make sense. So, study those hands. I, I have come to the conclusion that I have an air hand after going over this the past few days. But I, I don't know. It's not even the finger length so much, but it's like the shape of the palm that I am curious if I'm getting right. And so I keep going back and forth. Like, is it, am I actually water, but I don't have that, that natural dampness. So I, I think air, should we all post pictures of our hands? Let me know. Okay. So, cause that's gonna be your homework anyway. So let me know if we should do it. And then we can help each other decide whose hand looks like once. But then also I was thinking like, what if you have had like some weight gain recently or some weight loss? So your hand looks 
Um, your fingers and hand looks thicker and sometimes it looks thinner. How do you know exactly? I don't know. I've been obviously giving this a lot of thoughts. All right. The etheric hand. The last, the last, ooh, girl, the last hand type, I've been in Louisiana for too long. <laughs> Gotta get on the plane. The last hand type is the etheric hand or the psychic hand. This hand type, which is also identified as Kiero, looks like an air hand taken to extremes with extre extraordinarily long fingers and palms coupled with extremely long nail beds. The long and sometimes naturally curved nail bed are usually the first visual clues of a psychic hand. As at first glance, an etheric hand can an etheric hand can look much like an air hand. Okay, so you see my dilemma here as well, where I was like, oh, do I have a psychic hand? Because they present the same and my nail beds do curve a lot. And they they tend to be Okay, it's a whole thing. <laughs> we'll, we'll figure it out together. Um, the interpretation of the etheric hand shape corresponds to the elemental energy of the cosmos, the embodiment of unknown potenti potentiality, what Hindus called akasha. Either-handed people are I, indeed often extremely gifted with natural and natural psychics or have an abundant interest in all things metaphysical, which may be evidenced by a lifelong study and interest in the occult. Hello. This is where my confusion is coming in again. Other mental characteristics of the etheric hand correspond closely to the air hand as the long palm shows a mind prone to thinking long thoughts and spending a great deal of time and introspection. The long fingers show adeptness at holding onto details and like air handed folks, 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 <laughs> they may be active self learners. The etheric energetic quality of these hands often makes visionaries and prophets of prophets of their owners. Etheric handed people may be facile in traveling between the metaphysical and spiritual realms and may experience mediumship and or astral travel as natural extensions of their innate gifts. Hey, hedge witches out there. And see, reading that too, it makes me think about how I have astral projected without meaning to and hated it. As you all know, it was very scary for me. And there is a little part of me every time I go to bed where I'm like, just, just don't do that again. That wasn't cool. <laughs> don't do that. You got to stay in your body, girl. But it does make me wonder because it's something I'm able to do naturally and not something I, you know, had to like practice or seek out to do. <sighs> of all the gifts to have, you know, it's the one I'm the most scared of. Okay. Um, in my experience, a true psychic hand is a rare find. I've seen one or two in the couple hundreds of palms I've read thus far. There are other marks of psychic inclination or natural intuition on the palm besides the handshape, which we talked about in the episode we did, um, where we talked about the witch's mark. God, what episode is that? <sighs> I can't remember. I'll, um, let me just look it up real quick. Okay. It's natural born witches, which is the episode from July 24th, 2019. I was never going to remember that on my <laughs> So yeah, obviously like we're talking about right now, handshape is important, but there are other really important factors. And we saw those kind of psychic, psychic marks and especially like inclinations for astral projection in that episode. We we're talking about the signs and the symbols in the hand. And we'll, t we'll cover that again. Um, so this ends with, so I remind readers, do not despair if you fail to recognize an etheric shape on your own hands, but know yourself to be a good psychic. So you don't have to have this exact thing to mean that you are or are not gifted in the way that you believe you are. So don't get too bogged down in the handshape thing, even though I am obsessively trying to figure out which one I am. And then finally, it ends with the combination hand. Lastly, it is possible to find hands which are a combination of elements, air, earth hands with wide hands and palms, but long fingers, or Water air hands, which are long in overall appearance and yet moist and plump as well. These hands show a blending of the overall elemental characters as presented. And when reading these people, they may seem to command a greater balance in their own lives due to the elemental balance seen in their hand shapes. So you could be a little bit of this and a little bit of that. So that's why that is your, okay, so that is our hand shapes. So that's why that's going to be your homework this week. So take some time, sit with your hand shape, figure out which one you are. Are you an heir? Are you a... I was almost like, are you air? Are you water? Are you heart? Are you air? Are you water? Are you fire? Are you earth? Are you etheric? Um, or do you see a combination of those? It's something, honestly, over the past week, I've been like looking at my hand obsessively, <laughs> probably too much. And I mean, not just the hand shape, but I've been trying to figure out what my lines are like. I've been trying to read my own lines. I've been trying to look for all my symbols. I've been trying to figure out what kind of mounts I have. So we are going to get real familiar with the aesthetic of our hand going forward and the physical <laughs> features of it. And by the end of this, I mean, we'll probably even have our own fingerprints memorized. In fact, I, there was actually something I was reading about like fingerprint 
fingerprint types as well. So we'll be diving into that. Don't you worry. This is going to be a long series. I can feel it already. But yeah, that's your homework. I want you to figure out what your hand shape is. I want you to, you know, really take your time and see what characteristics you have. And if it is aligned with your personality and if it is kind of coming together in a way that makes sense. And if you feel comfortable with that, or it's something that you're already aware of, I would say, try to find another person and see if you can identify it in them as well. Don't worry. I'm not going to be like, Hey, it's time to start reading poems. Get out there, everyone. But I think if you do have a better grasp of it than even I do, which of course a lot of you will, um, it is, it is a good chance to get out there and see what other people's hands look like. Cause two, we're very familiar with our own hands, right? I mean, sort of since all of this took me for a whirlwind, when I was like, do I have stubby fingers? Do I have really wide flat palms? <laughs> like what's going, what are my net, what do my nail beds even look like? But I think it's good practice to look at other people. And then it gives you a chance to look at other types. So you can suss out what it is because you know, palm reading is definitely something we can do for ourselves, but it's one of those skills that is definitely sought out by other people. So it's a great thing to have in your witch arsenal to be able to do. So your homework is, again, look at your palms. If you got that straight, you figured out what you what, Let's see. Even right now, I feel like my palms are kind of damp. <gasps> Am I a water hand? But I can't tell if they're damp because I'm literally like kind of warm right now. And also I'm talking a mile a minute. So my body temperature is higher. <laughs> it's so hard to figure out. Um but it is fun to figure out. I, I promise I've been having a lot of fun just, you know, going back and forth and figuring out which one I am. So look at your own hand, figure out what it is. Get your kid, get your spouse, get your best friend, get your puppy. I'm going to go try to figure out what Shug's hand is like. And, you know, we can all share ours in the Facebook group as well. So we can do our Mercury and retrograde um, rant posts if we'd like. And then we can also all post our hands and be like, oh, I think this is what you are. And this is what I think I am. What do you guys think? So yeah, that is going to be your homework until we pick up, well, I'll give you two weeks to do it because we'll, we're going to be going into Marie Laveau next week. But so you have two weeks to do that homework. And um, for the crystal of the week, I was trying very hard to find something that was directly linked to palmistry, but I didn't find anything that wasn't something we've already covered like wasn't a specific stone that we are, haven't already covered or a specific stone that was like, yes, this is the be all stone you should keep near you when you're working on learning about palmistry. So um, the thing that my intuition keeps telling me is that we should be keeping clear quartz really handy. And that makes a lot of sense because even, as you've heard in this episode, and I've, as I've told you, I haven't had a ton of clarity, even just trying to figure out my hand shape, you know, that's been a bit of a hurdle for me. And so I think the clarity that clear quartz gives us and the, the ability to clear out our mind and to open things up and to read and translate what we're seeing immediately instead of being like, well, what about this? And I know I'm like this. And what about all like X, Y, Z, all of these different aspects and options that we can dream up for ourselves. It'll cut through all of that and just give us a clear answer. This is what you're looking at and this is what it is. So I think clear quartz is definitely one we should keep on hand while we're going through this palmistry, palmistry journey together. And it's going to give us a lot of clarity because you no, know, even I, I've been looking at my hands this whole episode. Obviously you've probably been doing the same. I'm seeing, you know, not just my heart line, not just my lifeline, not just my, um, my headline you know, not just my crosses, not just my X's, not just my mounts, not all, all my, um, uh, oh my gosh, what's it called? Ah, I can't, oh, my healer's mark, you know, not just those lines. I mean, there are so many teeny tiny little lines in our hands, especially as we start to get older, you know, we see so many things start to develop in them. And so it can be confusing to look at them and say, this is 100% what I'm seeing. So I think that clear quartz will really bring us so much clarity when we're looking at this thing that can be kind of hard to decipher. I mean, that's why not everyone is a palm reader. That is why this is something that when you have an inherent knack for it, or you have an inherent gift for it, you really excel at it because it's, I, I think that if we really want to as witches, we can all learn to do the things that we are drawn to or interested in. But I, I do believe that there's people that are just inherently good at certain things. I know that I am inherently good at reading cards. I know that I am inherently good at candle magic. I know I am not inherently good at making potions. It's something that I'm interested in. And so I've taught myself and I've, you know, learned from other resources how to do it. But I couldn't just, if you came to me and say, oh, Mickey, you know, what would be a good, um, uh, 
marriage potion to like give our marriage uh, fidelity forever. I'd be like, I mean, girl, I don't know. Let me look up some of the stuff I know about. <laughs> I have an idea about like, let's involve rose quartz somewhere in there. But like, let me look up different ingredients and put it together for you. Where some people, you know, are green witches or herbologists out there. They can just off the top of their head. This is what you need to do. This is how you need to cook it together. This is the culture I recommend. This is the night I would say do it. You know, so we all do have the things that we're inherently gifted in. And palmistry is one of them. And so I'm excited for us to all learn it together. I hope it's something that you are all interested, you all are interested in as well. And I think that involving clear quartz and our clear crystals really bring us the clarity we need and really light the way to help us get as good at this as we could possibly get. And then, you know, you won't be just making up soulmate symbols in people's hands like I did. <laughs> all right, my love, that is it. I am wishing you a wonderful and prosperous and safe and secure and abundant and love-filled week going into this first full week of Mercury and Retrograde. I cannot wait to see your hands. I can't wait to see your rants. I can't wait for us to all do our homework together and talk about it in the Facebook group. So like I said a hundred times already, we will be back with Marie Laveau next week because we have to close out Black Witchery, Black Witchery Month with that. Oh, and thank you so much for the Medusa episode because it has gotten like crazy listen. So I know you're all out there uh, spreading, you know, the word about Bad Witch and letting people know that they might enjoy it and to give it a try. And I'm really, really thankful for that because it's been getting like crazy downloads. And maybe everyone is Medusa Hive out there and I just never knew. And they've been like, finally, we have a podcast. We can talk about Medusa. But it's been so awesome. I'm so happy about that. Um, I haven't asked in a while because I kind of always forget to, but if you would like, please leave a five-star review for Bad Witch. And, um, you know, say why you like the podcast because it helps other people find it. It helps to get it out there a little bit more when people like put in witch and it comes up on iTunes or Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. So I'd really, really appreciate that. Um, and I think that's it. So answer for the Facebook group again is the craft. If you've made it this far, uh, Teespring, I would pick up new merch soon, but there are hoodies, there are, um, blankets, there are pillows, even I'm pretty sure there are mugs, all of your winter goodies. You know, I can't drink coffee, so get a bad witch mug and fill it up with coffee in my honor and just, ugh, just savor every sip. Post a picture of it, in fact, so I can be like, mm, I bet that tasted so good. Why, why can't that be me? <laughs> we have all kinds of cool merch. Um, we have a new merch coming soon. We have the Patreon, patreon.com slash bad witch, where you can get readings, card pulls, um, witchy mail, all kinds of stuff. If you are, uh, if you have your reading due and you know what you want to talk about or ask about, hit me up on Facebook. Um, or if you're going to send me an email about it, because I am forever behind on emails, as you know, I'm like two months behind because of all the stuff that happened with my dad. But you know what? We're getting there surely, slow, slowly, but surely we're getting there. Um, please make sure you put in the subject line, like a Patreon so-and-so, so I can bump you ahead or, you know, have someone bump you ahead. Um, so I can make sure you get that because that is time sensitive and I want to make sure that you get it before the month is up and we're almost there. Somehow February's almost over. What is happening? Um, so yeah, patreon.com slash bad witch. If you're ready for your reading, let me know and we'll do that. And then the bad witch podcast at gmail.com. Like I said, it is behind, but I am working on it. I think I have a few from like November I have to get through first. I, 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 but we're getting there. You know, things are getting great and much better. And I'm so thankful to all of you for that. So <sighs> we're going to get through this. Mercury retrograde is going to be so good. I promise you because we all deserve good. So that's how I know good is coming because it's what we deserve. It's, it's what we have coming. I believe that wholeheartedly. So I'm wishing you so much good this week. I love you all so, so, so much forever and always. And next week we'll be back with the voodoo queen herself, Marie Laveau, who I also in fifth grade told everyone was my ancestor. Okay. Love you so much until next week. Blessed be and goodbye.